You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie. I'm the host of the show. And in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hello, Angie. Well, we are on to a new subject. We're talking about something that is super important. It is something that Jesus talked about a lot, and it's something that I think we're missing. And we'll talk more about why it's missing, maybe, or how it's missing, or what happened. (laughs) Right, Mark? Yeah, right. Today we're talking about discipleship, and we're starting this series to be able to help you to understand what discipleship is and how it affects every one of us who, who call ourselves believers. Amen. So Angie, as we well know, because we've covered this time and time again, this very topic called the Great Commission. And what is the Great Commission? I think if you had to label the Great Commission, most Christians would label it as an evangelism commission, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think that people think discipleship and evangelism are two different things. Right. And I love it because we're just going to touch on the very first part of this again. We've quoted this many times, Matthew 28, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples. That's the very first part of the Great Commission. And yes, you have to go. That is evangelism. You have to go. But really, the key component, the first thing Jesus mentions is making disciples and then teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. So those two key components are the Great Commission and are what Jesus has called us to do. So in the Greek, Jesus, when he uses the word disciple, that simply means a learner or a pupil. That okay. is the d- true definition of the word disciple, mm-hmm. is a learner or pupil. So who in the relationship with Christ is not a learner or a pupil of Christ? He is the master. Well, and that's the question, is when we come to Christ, are we told to be that student? Ooh. I mean, that, that's the part I think that we're lacking, is we get people hyped up, they accept the Lord or the Spirit moves in them, and then what? Right. So there has to be some logical steps to help the person get from point A to point B, to get started. And that's, I think, something that might be missing in a lot of places. I think you're right, Angie. So as we are well aware of in church, right, discipleship is one of those words that it's inferred, but it's not directly addressed. But you know, even in the churches that I've been involved in, a lot of times they come to the Lord, we tell them to read their Bible— And then we get them into a small group, Mm. but there's still a gap. I I remember uh, ministering to a a woman that was in our small group and she would just listen and she'd hold her Bible and she would just listen. Mm. But as we get going, she finally gets brave enough after weeks of sitting as we're all having this deep discussion about the Bible, all of a sudden she goes, but what about this? And she asked a question that was so basic. Okay. And I was like shocked. I was shocked because she, that would have been one of the first things that you would have known, right? Right. But no, I remember being a a brand new Christian and I had no clue. So she had lacked some really fundamental things. Wow. And then I asked her about her Bible. She didn't understand it. It was a King James Bible that she had gotten from her mother or something. Yeah. And she didn't understand it. I ended up buying her 
an NIV study Bible, something nice. that she could understand that she could start getting into, and then told her how to read the chapters and the verses. Right. People don't understand that either. They really don't, Angie. And I have a very similar testimony. Same kind of thing. I was given a King James Bible when I graduated from high school. Years later, I came to know the Lord and I was given an NIV study Bible. Mm hmm. And I went back and I found my old original King James Version Bible. And I had seen in there where I had tried to read and I had make marks in there. Oh, can you make marks in your Bible? Yeah. <laughs> right. But I had tried to read it, Angie, and I couldn't. You I didn't know where to go. It. Yeah. I needed a guided tour, right? So I think that we are missing some. We forget that there are people who are kind of falling through the cracks because yeah. we don't have a fundamentals of being a new Christian. Sure. And yeah, there's books and things, but that's not real discipleship. Right. You have to sit down and walk somebody through it. And so, yeah, that's yeah, just a thought And we talk about this a lot, Angie. It's talking about like when a, when a brand new baby's first learning to try to walk, you, you as a parent, you don't just sit there and go, well, you know, figure this thing out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to help them, right? Right. You assist them. And, and I think that's what you're talking about. You're assisting a new disciple. We in, have to go to the basics, though, which some of us take for granted because we've been doing it for years. Right. And it's so easy to lose sight of that. But it's really necessary, isn't it, mm -hmm. to take the first steps? To me, that's discipleship, is when you start at the very beginning yeah. and help this person understand. I mean, I was in a Catholic church growing up. I never had to worry about the Bible, so I didn't really even understand how to read the Bible. But I figured it out on my own because I looked at it, yeah. <laughs> basically. You had a hunger. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, Amen. So as we dive into this today, I think this will begin to illuminate what we're talking about. This is John chapter 8, and starting in verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. So these were believers, Jewish believers. And he said this, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now that in itself will preach yeah. Because right there, if you abide it, this is what Jesus said to the new believers. If, if you you're abide, in the word. That's it. And that's what you're saying, but it's, Angie. Abiding is a very deep word. I love the word abiding. Me too. Because it's not just reading it. Abiding is when you're part of it. Yes. You're in it. You're living it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he goes on to verse 32 and he says, then you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Mm. See, we quote that, right? Uh, if you take it out of context... Oh, well, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. No, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and that truth will make you free. Yeah. That in itself is a marker, if you will, of discipleship. What is discipleship? What does it look like? Well, if you abide in my word, Jesus' word, you will be my disciples. So I guess my question to you is, if somebody's listening right now and they go, I don't really know if I have ever been discipled. I don't know how to recognize if I need discipleship, so how can we help people understand that they might need to have a disciple? That personally, I think all of us could use somebody wiser to disciple us. Even yeah. you and I could, which yeah, we call them again, mentors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that was what I was going to say. Is uh, a lot of times we call that mentorship or just being a mentor, but really, I think every student, or like we talked about, every pupil or every believer needs to be a learner because we're always learning. Angie, I yeah. bet I bet you could ask every single pastor in the world and say, uh, "Do you have need to keep learning from the Lord?" Yeah, and so everybody would so say everybody that. can say that, but there are people who who have missed the basics and they don't even realize it. Right. For instance, right back to 
Do you know how to search for a book? Do you know what the Old and the New Testament are? That's good. Do you know how the chapters and the verses are set up? If you have a study Bible, how do you use the study Bible? That's good. One of the things that I'm doing in my current small group is is we are going through word by word in in a chapter because we tend to read too fast. Yes. And my thing is, when you are, this is what I tell them all the time, they're probably getting sick of me saying it. (laughs) When you read the word, are you asking why? Oh. If you're not asking, what does that mean? And why is that happening? How is that happening? If you're not asking a question with every single word, then you're not digging deep enough. Right. And you should be reading something and going, what does that mean exactly? And we just break down every single little bit. And I think that's super helpful, but a new Christian wouldn't know to do that. Right. They may not understand the difference between reading their Bible every day and having quiet time. That's a very, very different thing. A quiet time and a prayer time are different. Prayer time is when you talk to God and quiet times when you listen to God, right? So there's things like this. Can you think of any others that might be a kind of an indicator that maybe you might need to have continued discipleship? Yeah, I honestly believe Every one of us, like the true disciple in a discipleship chain. Let me talk about a discipleship chain for a second, Angie. Okay. Every true disciple in a discipleship chain is linked to someone who's discipling them, and then you in turn are discipling someone else. Yes, and that, that's the way it's designed to be, correct? Yes, it's a replication. So uh, Luke 640 says, a pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he's been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Mm. Okay, so that's the idea or the snapshot of what a disciple it looks like. Well, if you think about it, you had people like Peter who walked with Jesus, then he had Mark, yes. and Mark was his disciple. And I'm sure it kept going from there. Same with Paul. He had Agrippa, right? Right, right. And so there was others. They, they all had someone they were teaching who eventually went on, but they were doing the ministry with them. Yeah, absolutely. And think about Paul on his missionary journeys. He took a group of people with him. Yeah, Luke and was then what him. he ended up doing was leaving certain ones behind in certain cities, yes. right? To continue discipling people in, in that city cities. or is, church or region. Now, is that the, the way that it works nowadays when people are church planters? Yes. I think that that's a healthy model is they go in not only to start a church, but to teach the national people, the yes. people from that country, how to continue to disciple the people in their own village. I believe so. And yeah. I believe those are the successful ones. Yes. I believe if you look into it statistically, you'll see that those are the successful ones, that they're teaching them to become disciple makers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's really cool. I just wanted to help people to maybe understand if you feel like you don't understand theology completely, if you if you're not completely settled. I I know it's taken me years and years and years to go. I fully, completely believe this, whether I understand it at the moment or not. Right. Okay. And so if you still have questions, like, how does this, how does this work? You need a disciple. I agree. I mean, a discipler, right? Yes, I totally agree. So this is really cool because this leads me right into the next scripture in John 13. And this is Jesus saying, a new commandment I give to you. So they all knew the law. Right? All the disciples, they knew the law. They knew the yes. Jewish, the Ten Commandments. They knew that. And Jesus says, here, I'm going to throw a new one at you. That you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also have love one for another. Verse 35 is the key. By this, all will know that you are my disciples 
if you have love for one another. Mm. Here's the new commandment, love one another. And so really what's happening is Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill it. And he's showing them this love actually will fulfill all of the previous commandments. Now, you might see it as a new commandment to love one another, but it will actually fulfill all of the law. I always wonder that myself. If he said that, then obviously... They didn't know what that meant. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's mind. interesting where one passage of Scripture, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he say, you search the Scriptures daily because in them you think you have eternal life. Yeah. And he said, I am the one that the Scriptures <laughs> yes. are talking about. All the way back from Moses, they yes. talked about me. I Amen. just read that the other day. That's funny that you say that. Yeah, it's so good. And finally, the last scripture I want to look at today is on John 15, uh, and it's talking about Jesus, again, talking about abiding in the vine, chapter 15 here. But we're going to skip down and specifically look at verses 7 and 8, and Jesus starts with the same language. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. In verse 8, this is what I wanted people to see. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Mm. Again, we've read this. It's a pretty familiar passage of Scripture, right? Abide in the vine. Without me, you can do nothing. This John 15 chapter here. But I love this, and he actually talks about disciples. You will be my disciples if you bear much fruit. And if you glorify my Father. And that's what it looks like, Angie. And it's like one to another. It's that chain. I call it the discipleship chain. And Mm. you know that chains are strong. And so when you're united with a disciple, when you're being pupiled or a student of another disciple, and then you're discipling someone else, of course, you're connected to the master. Do you have to feel that you are ahead of the other person? Mm, or can two people be kind of just wandering themselves and decide they're going to do it together? Learning together. How about in a classroom setting, Angie, where you're in a classroom of students, uh-huh. plural, and you're learning together? And some people may get this and they may share something with the class. And guess what? Wow, I never thought about that. But you're still learning together. Yes. And I believe that everybody learns at a different time. And so right. what I think that when God works those things out, you can grow together. And then if you do need help, yeah, call up your pastor or somebody else in the church. But I think it, anybody can just get together and pour over the word. Amen. It's still discipleship. So I think about a prayer circle. You know, when everybody's in a prayer circle and they're they're a chain, they're holding hands, they're in a prayer circle, and they're praying, and different people pray at different times, not one's really any better than another. They're just a part of the circle. But ideally, it would be helpful to have somebody who's a little bit ahead. Yeah. Or someone that's older. Absolutely. Especially if you're a younger person. But even myself, I sometimes, I have to look more for somebody who's spiritually ahead. Sure. Because I've dug in so far that I need to find somebody who's digging in a little bit further. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) think it's very wise. And of course, you know, the book of Titus chapter two talks about discipleship. And I'm not going to go there for sake of time today, but it is the the picture of discipleship. The the older women teach the younger women. It's the same thing. The older men teach the younger men. It's that same concept, Angie. And that really is discipleship. Mm. And Titus was one of those men that Paul left behind Mm -hmm. to stay in a city to pastor, right? And so that's what discipleship looked like in the church. So 
today, as we've heard these viewpoints or these markers, like what is the practicalness of being a disciple? I get asked a lot of times in a lot of cities, I get asked, well, you know, I don't feel qualified Mm. to be a disciple maker. Right. And so what does it take then, Angie, to quote unquote, obtain the title of being a disciple maker. It doesn't take any special training. It means a willingness of heart. That's it. I mean, and I know that there's tools out there. Revive Ohio even has a tool. There are tools to help you, but don't be afraid. Right. Because God's going to bless your heart and your willingness to just want to be able to sit down with somebody. And it's okay to say, I don't know, and I need to find that. Doesn't that say to the person who you're discipling, we all grow together? Right. Right? I don't yes. know it all. Do you know it all? You've been a pastor for Not a lot at of years. All. Not even close. No. And so I'll say many times to them, I'll say, how about learning together? Because I guarantee, I can make this promise. If you get in the Word together, you know, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, right, you're my disciples indeed. If you get in the word together, it doesn't matter whose disciple maker, whose disciple, you're both disciples. Think about this, Angie. It just came to my mind. Uh, Luke chapter 24, the two disciples walking down the road to Emmaus. Which one was the disciple maker? And what, you see what I'm saying? No, Jesus came alongside them and they were talking about the Lord. They were literally getting in about the Lord. They were talking with one another. Didn't our hearts burn within us mm. when the master came and walked with us? Yeah. That's a true picture of discipleship to me. It's two pupils, two students, two learners getting with the master. And that's really what you're doing. And I tell people that. I go, would you be willing to learn with this other person? Would right. you be able to, would you be willing to grow in your relationship with Christ alongside this other person? That's really what I look at it as. Yeah. Amen. So we have talked about what a disciple looks like. Maybe you're wanting to be discipled, which we can help you with. And you can just contact us here at the station. But now I want to talk to somebody who has a heart for discipleship. So tell us about the testimony. And with me is this very special friend of mine and a close brother, Pastor Eric Cook from Vineyard in Bellefountain, Ohio. Pastor Eric, welcome to the program. Thanks. Good to be here, Mark. Now, right off the bat, when you say discipleship, that's one of those multiple syllable words, right? That's <laughs> used a lot in church. You know, you ever notice that there's a lot of multiple syllable words used in church thrown around? And I wonder how many of us really understand what that is. And this is a perfect opportunity because Jesus said in the Great Commission, go and make disciples, right? He did. But I think sometimes, uh, at least the, some of the people that I've ran into uh, try traveling across Ohio here, uh, discipleship has kind of become archaic. And the church is like, oh, yeah, um, you know, I know Jesus walked the earth, and I I know that he told, you know, a couple guys to follow him. And, like, what does that whole discipleship thing look like? So, Pastor Eric, uh, this is great because you and I have been discussing this a little bit recently. And uh, what is discipleship, Pastor Eric? Uh, at its base level— Seeing someone come to maturity as a follower Ooh. of Jesus, and I guess if I think of the full implication of that, that would be a reproducer. Mm. To me, that's the end goal. Like, you know, the end of discipleship, That for somebody to have reached that stage, almost they have to be confident, now I'm going to lead someone else along. That's At least that's been my template. 
I uh, wish I could say our church does that great, but uh, we're in the works of trying to make that. Right. Um, but generally, that that would be my baseline description. In your opinion, Pastor Eric, or your experience, I guess I should say, uh, have you seen that discipleship has become a bit archaic in the church? I think so. And, <laughs> and my experience has been that it's just not really there. Mm. And if it is there, it's, hey, we do this three-week, six-week book that we read, and now they're disciples. Right. And it becomes a program rather than a process. And I think the the fact that it's not very well defined or at all, I don't know know that the church doesn't think it's important. I just don't see it happening. So I wonder if uh, Christians, for the most part, I wonder if Christians sit there and go, well, you know, I'm not really one that could disciple somebody else. I also hear that statement a lot. You know, it's like, well, you know, I don't know enough scripture or just because I've sat in church for 30 years doesn't mean that I'm ready to disciple somebody else. I think that's a misnomer too. Yeah. You know, um, when God called me into pastoral ministry, I was terrified. I was a youth pastor, but then I had to take over and, and I prayed and asked God, Hey, you know, you need to give me a passage of scripture. You need to give me Mm -hmm. something to grab. I know you called me, you told me, then my pastor asked me. So, okay, this is lining up, but I don't know what to do, and I'm scared to death. And he took me to Ephesians chapter 4. And Ephesians chapter 4 talks about disciples, or, you know, it gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But but then it says, to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ might be built up. Amen. And then it says the body of Christ builds itself as each part does its work. That's good. And I think, in my opinion, in the church— a lot of people look at the paid people and they're like, yeah. they're the one that d- d- does the work. Right. And then pastors rail against this consumer mindset. Oh, these people just come and show up, but really it's our fault. Yeah. It's my fault. If mm. I have not set the church up as an Ephesians four church, if I haven't set it up where we're building people, growing people, training people, leading them to yeah. be mature. And then the body of Christ does the work rather than the paid person it really falls to the pastor and the teachers because it's our job to equip. It says so right there. Right. So if we're doing the work, for one, we're being unfaithful to God's word. Wow. And two, we're, we're weakening the church because the opposite would be true. The church has become weak. And so I feel like that Ephesians 4 is is, is kind of the addendum to, to Matthew 28, 18 right. through 20. Right. Okay, how does that look in the church? Well, that means we have to build a process and, a, and, and a, I don't like to say program. I like to say process. Right. What does this look like then in our church? What does it look like for a disciple to be made? And where's the end product? And so that's something we've been talking about in our church. And hopefully sometime within the next six months, we'll begin launching that in our setting. But we, I'll just be be very transparent. We haven't done it well. I've never been part of a process that did it well. Mm. I don't think the church is comfortable with it. You know, like you said, it's archaic. We just don't see it anywhere. Right. And that's what I'm experiencing as well. What I see is people, I'm not saying people would be against it. If I go into a church, XYZ church, and and start talking about discipleship, I wouldn't say that they're like opposed to it or they're against it. They just don't know about it. Like they just, what is that in a practical sense? So what we like to do, Pastor Eric, and you understand this as well, like we like to model it 
right? What does that look like? And like in practicalness today, in today's culture, like what does that look like being walked out personified? So here's the, here's the cool piece of this. So my wife, and, and, and this goes with the Ephesians 4 uh, passage that you just read. My wife, when we first got introduced to Revive, she said, well, when it came to evangelism, because I'm going to talk about that verse 11 there in some to be evangelists and right away people go, well, that's not me. Right. Well, here's the cool thing. My wife said, well, honey, I just thought, you know, when it came time to lead somebody to the Lord, like if I met somebody that wanted to know Christ, like I would bring them in and introduce them to the pastor. <laughs> that was what I did. That yeah, was a yeah. protocol. That's what I knew to do. Like I didn't really understand that God was wanting me to be able to do that. And mm. I think that's where most of the church is. Like, I am open to this discipleship thing, but I don't know what that actually looks like. So to consider yourself as an individual, as a Christian, that you could be a disciple maker mm -hmm. is a newer concept in some cases. Yeah. You know, I think when we hear disciple, we think of somebody that's being trained and led. Right. And it ends there, maybe. Right. Right. But since no, I've never been discipled necessarily. My pastor did. Right. Because I was his youth pastor and he was leading me as a staff member. Okay. And, and not to say he didn't do that, but I, I just didn't, I don't, why don't, we don't see it. But, but I think a lot of people, like you said, think of being a disciple as it's a class or it's something they went through, but rarely does a person think it's part of what I do for someone else. Right. It's me leading someone else. Yeah, and part of uh, what we share and part of what we tell people is discipleship isn't necessarily, and we don't even necessarily call it discipleship because it's one of those multiple syllable words, but not just that, but the purpose is this, that you do life with people. Mm -hmm. And discipleship is doing life with. And so I've heard people say, well, yeah, when you talk about the disciples, Jesus' disciples, they go, well, yeah, but that's because they were walking with Jesus. And it's like, yeah, well, we're walking with Jesus too, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's doing life with. Yeah, but uh, that's one thing I realized over the years. I've tried and been part of tries and starts and fails of discipleship, mm -hmm. even in my own ministry and youth ministry, and just realized... Like I've said, there's no silver bullet. There's no study. This thing, oh, you do this one book or, you know, or do Chip Ingram's R12 and then you're done. That's a great program. Right. But it's not like that. It's like you said, it's just part of raising someone up in Christ to be who God created them to be and to be a reproducer. Here's the question, Pastor Eric. So do you think that pastors should be being discipled? I think so, absolutely. I, think I do too. We call it mentoring. Yes, we do. So we get a lot of confusion over all the process. We have these different layers and levels, but absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I think, uh, when I think of a disciple, I think of a disciple now as someone who's being discipled and also discipling someone else. Yeah. So it's that replication is what I heard you say. How do you replicate that, right? And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That to me is the snapshot, if you will, or the one liner to what discipleship is. Yeah. And then Paul modeled that out, right? Yeah. He yeah. walked it out as well. And so here he was who didn't necessarily physically walk with Jesus every day, but yet he was being discipled by Jesus Christ as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was looking, you know, you said that about spending time with, 
uh, a book I read, I, I can't remember which one now, but it, it was the Greek word diatribo. Ah. Or I'm probably not pronouncing it exactly right, but uh, to rub between, to wear away, to consume, to spend, to pass time. It's kind of like rubbing off. Yeah. You know, that, that, that idea. I uh, like that. And so, yeah, like, you know, you saw Jesus. He did ministry. He took them. Hey, let's go. Yeah. You know, we're going to go do this. Hey, go feed them. Let's, you know, let's go over here and do this. Or are you going to this village and you're going to find this and set these things up? And I found that in my own, in youth ministry, I probably did better discipleship there than I've done as an adult pastor. It was easier. Everything's easier in youth ministry, quite honestly. <laughs> I know youth pastors don't want to punch me in the face like I did back then. Yeah, right. Like, oh, what do you mean? But but it's just true. Everything's smaller. And yet, well, what I did is try to raise up a leader. Okay, you seem to be a... You want to serve on the worship team? I'll train you up and I'll release you. You get to lead a song now by yourself. I'm getting right. off the stage. What? <laughs> you know, but that's part of it. Let, let him go. Oh, wow. They actually can do it, you know? Sure. So it's doing life together and then allowing them, you know, yeah, uh, what so, is it? I do, you watch, you do, I watch, and then you do, right? <laughs> there it's you that, go. You know? Yeah, we call it model assist, watch and leave, right? Okay. That's how it is. Like it's a process, it's a journey, and that's duplicating, replicating, like you said. And, and I'm thinking this, when I ask somebody, if I ask any Christian, you know, were Jesus's disciples, were they disciple makers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see some evidence there. Right, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. And then my next question is, were they perfect? <laughs> right. We right? know better than that, right? Think about that. But I think about that because when I talk to Christians and I say, hey, let's talk about discipleship, and they're immediately their initial reaction is, well, I'm not good enough, or like I said, I'm not trained enough, or haven't said enough classes or enough sermons and those sorts of things. But the truth is, disciple makers are not necessarily perfect. Yeah. And you could go down the list, right? And name, you could talk about Peter, couldn't you? <laughs> Where did Jesus him. find his disciples in John 21, right? Where did he find them? Back out fishing, right? And he just came and he gently reminded Peter, what? Feed my sheep. This is mm -hmm. what I need you to do, Peter. I need you to feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yeah. Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. That's what a disciple maker is. And disciple makers won't always get it right. Yeah, yeah. And a part of doing life is learning how, when you do stumble, learning how to run to the high tower of the Lord, right? The righteous run to him and they are safe. Yeah. That's how I picture this. It's this journey and though one may fall, the other one pick them back up. Yeah. And that's what I see this doing life because... If you're training a new human baby to walk, how many times did they fall? Yeah, yeah, right. A lot, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. fall a lot. So what what do you think about that? About well, uh, it made me think Paul's words in 1 Corinthians, somewhere in the first few passages, he talks about not many of you were, were great or amazing when you were called, Amen. right? Amen. And, and But God, yet God called you. Right. You know, and he's the one. I mean, you've heard people say, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. Amen. Of course, the disciples, a perfect example. They were a motley group of <laughs> failures and or whatever's, you know. And I, I've often said to God, are you sure you, you want to meet a pastor? Right You on. know, and yep, but because his call, not because of my ability, not because of your ability, right. because you're being faithful to what he asks. And a matter of fact, he likes to do that so that he can 
show us strength and our weakness, you know? And so, uh, absolutely. And I think of that, the story of Wikipedia, and I'm going to butcher this because it just came to my mind, but there was a first pass and I can't remember what the first version of that was, but they were going to do all these professors and specialists in these fields and get these great articles that were high level. And they ended up with very few articles. And then they decided, you know what, this isn't working very well. Let's open it up as a crowdsource kind of thing. Mm. And let's just throw it out and let everybody chip in. And now we know Wikipedia is probably one of the greatest wealths of information that's out there. Right. So the first was a fail because everybody thought they had to be perfect. Wow. Instead, they threw out the Wikipedia and said, hey, let's just let everybody get involved and people with knowledge and all. And everybody's like, oh, I can do that. Right. Right. I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be faithful. Right. And just share what I know, do what I know. The, the, the five loaves and two fish, I give what I have and let God multiply it. And so I, I think that's what you're saying. And that's what I see is, hey, we just got to just just be called, trust God and move through the process. Yeah. And then the last thing I'm thinking of, Pastor Eric, is this discipleship is relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's like entering into a relationship. So discipleship is just a handshake. To me, it's a handshake to say yes. So I say this a lot because people go, well, I don't think I can disciple anybody. It's like, well, here's the really cool thing about it. And I describe it like this. God's blessings are double-sided, right? Mm -hmm. So you are in this mindset that you have to bless somebody else, but here's the truth. You get blessed back. And I say to every potential disciple maker, you could be getting discipled as you are discipling. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I've often said to a lot of the folks that come really, you know, with fear and trepidation about getting involved in leadership or whatever, and said, you know what? You really don't grow until you serve. Right. You really don't grow in God's word until you have to share God's word. And Mm -hmm. then you're like, oh my goodness, I need to study. I need to dig in. Oh, guess what happens when you do that? Yeah. You grow, you get blessed, you're encouraged and and, and you're equipped and and you grow. So yeah, it it doesn't happen outside of uh, really digging deep. And so that happens when you engage. Right. And so it's just, uh, like I said, that handshake, that agreement to say, you know what, let's just get into God's word Mm -hmm. and let's discover what God has for us through his word. And, and I love it because as we know, iron sharpens iron as a man sharpens the countenance of his friend, Proverbs 27, 17. And it's like, get it, let's get in there and let's begin to sharpen one another. Cause that's what discipleship is. You said it right off the bat, pastor Eric, you said it's maturity. Mm-hmm. And so discipleship is becoming mature. And the, the last part of that verse that you started to read in Ephesians 4 is until we all come to maturity in the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what the whole crux of it is. And then just replicate that, duplicate that. Yeah, That's what discipleship is. It's multiplication. Yeah. You know, the leader of the vineyard right now, the national director said when he took over, he was praying to the Lord and he let him to do four things. He's like, he wanted to bring something to the leadership and he wanted to be cool and innovative. <laughs> and God said, uh, just do what you've always been doing. Evangelism, discipleship, leadership, do it again. Wow. And he's like, is that all I really got? Is that all you got? And he's like, yep, that's all I got. That's you know? <laughs> so that's what you're talking about. Get it, lead someone through and then do it again. Replicate yourself. As profound as that is, it's the simplicity that is in Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah amen. So man, once again, <laughs> 
time flies, especially when we're having these conversations. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Pastor Eric, for joining us today. And we are going to continue to really unfold and unpack this whole concept of discipleship and what it really is. And I guess uh, dispelling the myths of what it isn't, Yeah. right? Because discipleship is not that incredibly profound in and of itself that it's something that we can't attain, but it is something we can obtain. So we can obtain discipleship because Jesus called us to do that. Yeah. And so thank you once again, Pastor Eric, for jumping in here this morning and coming in the studio and being with us today. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.